your new or existing home is one of your most important assets. Yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hey, that's me. I know. I wish we had some. Uh, I, we I do need applause, before. don't we? Yes. Oh, man. I think I've said that before. Yeah. I was trying to. You need to have some sound effects. Yeah. That would help my attitude. Excellent. Well, hi, everybody. This is Deb Tomorrow. I am your host of Real Real Estate Today, uh, your home for smart real estate. We talk about all things real estate uh, and a lot of things not real estate because, hey, I show and I can talk about whatever the hell I want. Um, I want to encourage everyone to log on to Facebook and follow us, uh, Deb Tomorrow Realtor. Uh, I tried something new last week. Did you see it? No, I did not. Rachel, did you see it? Mm-hmm. It was a. Uh, I tried to do my own little like video, you know, like everybody does, and I am so not techie. Oh, I didn't see and, that. And you know, lighting is key. So I was very proud that I figured out good lighting so that erased the shadows, so I didn't look quite as hideous. Um, and yeah, and so PJ, my dog, uh, one of my dogs, and I did a little seller tip video. Is it still on your page? It's on my Facebook page and it's on my YouTube page. I think I made it public. Okay. I should probably check that. Um, check. It's, you know, certainly not edited or fancy or anything. It's just me talking in front of a wall with some bullet, with uh, post-it notes because I make myself notes and put them on the wall behind me. Um, but, yeah, and then the dogs kept barking throughout the whole thing. So that was awesome. Of course. And PJ kept yawning. So obviously I was boring him. What's funny is I kept trying to show Yuris the video when he got home. And uh, there was a there was a section where PJ barks. And he has this really high-pitched little bark. It's kind of funny. But you can't hear it at my house because the dogs bark on the video. And then the dogs bark in real life. And then you can't hear anything for about five minutes. It just kind of reminds me of the uh, the news guy. He was in South Korea. And he is Skyping, like CNN oh, or God, something. Oh, that was hysterical. And the babies come into yeah, the, the room. Yeah, the kids walk into the room, and then <laughs> the wife I... slides in to grab them. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll have the dogs. I'll just be real life and not worry about it, you know. Uh, we always talk about doing the show from my house, but we know that there would be dog barking. So uh, we don't do that. But anyways, uh, take a look at that. We're going to try and do some more. And uh, Rachel is maybe going to help me with some editing so they look slightly more splashy than what I was able to throw together. At least I wasn't like in my bathrobe or something, which I've done some test runs like that before. I've never made it on on, online. No, we had a friend who went somewhere and was like, oh, I want to videotape my room, and this is such a cool resort. Oh, yeah, resort. he was in Dominican Republic. Yes, and then he, like, forgets. on Facebook that he's, like, not dressed. He forgets that there is a camera in said bathroom. And no, so, he forgets there's a mirror or, in the bathroom. A mirror, yeah. that's right, yes. And he's like, here's the bathroom, and everybody <laughs> goes, no! It was awful. Oh, my gosh. Let's see. So today uh, we're eventually going to uh, do part two of last week's show. So if you didn't listen to last week's show, you should. Um, but uh, we're going to focus on the buyer. So last week we talked about how to be a player in today's hot real estate market in the seller world. And we'll review that a little bit. And then we'll talk about how to be a player as a buyer, which is difficult. 
but not impossible. So we're going to try and keep it positive and upbeat. I don't know. I'm so annoyed because I just showed a house like an hour ago to a client and, um, they uh, they liked it, and uh, I contacted the agent, and I said, hey, you know, my buyers, buyers like this house. Do you have any offers yet? Went on the market like yesterday. She's like, yeah, we, yeah, we just accepted an offer. I'm like, could you not have told me that before I showed it? You know, it's just so disappointing. And I just feel like all I'm doing this year is delivering disappointing news. I'm like Debbie Downer. I'm going to start watching yeah. those Debbie Downer videos. No, we need to Sorry, turn that around. around. We're going to turn this around. I know. So law of attraction is what we're going to practice. But... I wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, some some really really big news came out last week, right after the show went off the air on Tuesday, and I was mad. I was like, ah, an hour too late, right? And uh, so I thought, well, we have to talk about it this week, and that is that Trading Spaces is coming back. Yes, I you know had that heard TV that show? too. I'd, I'd gotten a, I read something, and then I couldn't remember if I got that from you or where I heard that from. But I think I'm more concerned to know if Paige Davis will be back. Right. Well, so, and you know what? And you were saying, so let me back up. Okay. If Who out there knows what Trading Spaces is? Because if you don't, okay, Rachel's raising her hand, so she does. So Trading Spaces, if you don't know what it was, it was one of the first sort of home improvement TV shows, um, not like you know this old house, but like the fun ones. Well, and do it yourself, and decorating yeah. DIY, right? Um, and it came out in uh, 2000, in October of 2000. And I remember what that long ago. Yeah, wow. 17 years wow. ago. Okay. And uh, th- so the premise was that there were two couples, friends, husband, wife, wife and wife, husband, husband, whatever, uh, and they would trade spaces for a couple of days. And redecorate one room in the other person's home. And the other person wouldn't know which room it is. And they had $1,000. And they had a professional designer who was insane, generally, (laughs) helping them. And there was a carpenter that would help them as well. And then they would do the big reveal at the end and whether they liked it or not. Um, And uh, and it was a fun show. And I used to not have cable at home and I have cable now but I don't know how it works so it's almost like not having TV um, we have too many remotes um, but I would go to the gym and I had this awesome gym in Indianapolis <laughs> called NIFS National Institute for Fitness it was awesome and every treadmill and every elliptical machine had its own personal little TV so you were watching HGTV so I would go and I would <laughs> actually it was on TLC TLC oh that's right yeah. that's right so it was on TLC and I would go whenever I, at, you know, during the time slots of when Trading Spaces was on and I would work out to Trading Spaces. That's awesome. So, I would not have pictured you as someone who would do something like that. and like, Work out? Work, well, I know. no. <laughs> work out around watching a television oh, yeah. show at the same time. It was a motivation time. for me. Um, but anyway, so it was a really fun show and the host was Paige Davis. So this getting back to what you said and, you know, right before the show started and we were talking about how we're both kind of cranky and, uh, a little bit worn out, which is typical this time of year because we're working kind of around the clock. And, uh, and you said, you know, how do we get that perkiness back? I want to be perky and happy. And I, I, in my head, I was thinking we need to get pixie haircuts like Paige Davis. She had this little like pixie flip kind of thing going on that was like, yeah, I probably couldn't pull it off either. Um, but uh, she, yeah, she was the host for most of it. She wasn't the original host. There was another host. And then she became the host. And then they fired her. 
Really? Yeah. And they went hostless for a few years. Apparently, they got all new um, management staff at TLC and revamped everything. Okay. And they were restructuring. You know, they keep changing their their um, kind of what the, the TLC stands for. It was the learning channel. And then they would talk about life unscripted. And then they would talk about life changes and life unexpected. And, you know, they're just trying to kind of find their way as they eventually ended up in that whole John and Kate plus eight Duggar weirdness that they kind of ended up with. Um, but anyway, so they went hostless for a while, which I thought that would be kind of awkward. Um, and then they ended up, I think, bringing her back for a little bit. But there's no word on if she's coming back in 2018. I've seen lots of interviews with her because obviously everybody was hitting her up. And she goes, I don't know. Uh, there's something about her. I just loved her. Yeah. I just loved, you know listening to her I think she, she's genuine yes and she kind of could uh she could definitely uh see when there was like some maybe potentially upset like are you yeah. sure your oh, neighbor's no. gonna want that and then i just watched <laughs> one of the most talked about they said you know one of the most one of the first water cooler moments in, uh, with an unhappy person. Yeah. And and people were saying, you know, everybody was talking about the next day. And it was these people, a lot of times the homeowners will say, you know, don't touch this. They'll kind of, you know, you got to kind of give free reign. But you can, you know, usually say don't touch this and they'll try and respect that. Right. Apparently not always. So this lady had this brick fireplace. And she's like, don't touch the fireplace. That's my fireplace. I love my fireplace. Don't touch it. And they did. And so when they did the big reveal, I just watched a video of this this morning. The lady just looked at it, and then she goes, I have to leave the room. And Paige goes, why, what, you know, are you, I have to leave. You could tell she was about to sob, and she didn't want to sob on television. And so she kind of broke away from Paige and walked out of the room, and the husband's like, she's not happy. She's not happy at all. Well, the lady's mic is still on, so you can hear her, like, sobbing in the other room. Oh and Paige gosh. is like, uh, you know, like, what are you going to say? But eventually she did. She pulled it back. She said, she turned to the guy and she goes, well, did you have fun? And he's like, I did have fun. You know, like I enjoyed the experience. Oh my gosh. That but, would, um, that would be horrific um, and awkward, but right. she's a good host. She yeah. Hosts, so, hopefully so hopefully she she'll comes come back. back. Um, there, and they were talking about some of the other famous rooms. Uh, there was one that I think Hildy probably did. She was the craziest designer. She did one like where she put straw. She glued straw to the walls of this person's living room. For texture? Straw. Didn't paint it. I mean, it was like white walls with straw on it. I, oh. There was another one where they stapled. They need to have a flashback. I mean, sorry. They need to do a marathon yeah. like other channels. I'm sure they will probably in the countdown. But I gosh. can only think of Frank right now. And yeah. he always did the same stuff. It was all like sailor stuff, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Frank Bielek. Um, no, there was another one where Hildy wanted to decorate this bathroom with flowers like on the walls. Okay. It was kind of fun. But then I thought, oh, my gosh, how to like clean it. She's, they stapled like thousands of like silk flowers to the walls of this room. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you're going to pull that out. And that drywall is going to be trashed because there's going to be so many holes in it. Just think of all the dust that would collect <sighs> on a bunch of silk flowers. But anyways, I digress. It reminds me of the, the house I showed earlier this year that had the walls carpeted. And you just think, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? But no, I have a fun fact for you, Karen, though. Okay. Did you know that... Mrs. Justin Timberlake appeared on an episode of Trading Spaces. No, I did not. Which See? one? Uh, so they did an all-star special show. They didn't do too many with famous okay. people. They did a few. They did Natalie Maines of Dixie Chicks did an episode. 
and Andy Dick I remember did him. an episode and then they did a seventh heaven episode. And so it was Beverly Mitchell. Okay. And it was her house. And, um, and so, uh, Jessica Beal, Mrs. Justin Timberlake was okay. her partner. And then there were two other guys. I don't know who they were brothers in real life, but also were on the show as brothers and they did their bachelor pad, which was disgusting. I'll have to find this one. I'll have I, to- I, there's a, I've got a link. Because okay. I, wa- I didn't watch it the whole thing. I watched like the first 10 minutes and then I watched like the last three so I could watch the reveal. And that was all I had time to watch <laughs> this morning. But it was pretty funny. And they were like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was them. But I mean, Jessica Biel was wearing like bell-bottom jeans. I'm just like, I'm it speechless just, right now. I can't wait to go back and watch It felt so that. 90s, but I guess it was the 2000s. <laughs> <Oy vey. laughs> so anyways, um, we've got some stuff we'll put up on the uh on the interwebs um, about this. There was one article that I actually read and was thought it was really interesting. But then as I was reading it, I thought I can't really read this on air. It's like someone wrote a thesis on the rise and fall of trading spaces. <laughs> like literally it's like a doctoral thesis or something. Very, very, very um, analytical about um, how it started and then sort of what TLC has turned into. It's kind of interesting. I also didn't realize that Trading Spaces actually came from a British show. It was a show called Changing Rooms that the BBC did. And uh, who knew? And Trading Spaces stole their idea, like many do, steal their idea from uh, British TV. So, um, so we'll be looking for that. And as we get updates on that kind of thing. Did it say, though, when it may be coming back? 2018. 2018. Yeah, so I'm okay. going to guess they would be filming episodes later this year, perhaps. I would think so, too. Maybe Joanna Gaines can be a, a designer. I doubt it. No. She's got a bakery now. I know. she's. I met someone um, two weeks ago, I think. It was an insurance agent. The ha- that's been the ha- down there? Mm-hmm. He'd mm-hmm. been there. I said, did you go to the bakery? He goes, we went by it, but it, the line was way too long. And he showed me pictures. Oh, my gosh. But they went to the silos and the whole, there's like a museum and a gift shop and whatever. And, they and now the, bar- all the barn dominium is for sale. The what? The, the barn. Barn dominium or whatever. Oh, is they- it? Yes. It's yeah, for yeah, sale. Yeah, Okay. That's what you was posted on Facebook yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought. Okay. So enough of that. T okay. has your TV update. I'm like the new TV guy, but only for certain <laughs> channels. Fabulous. All right. When we come back, we are going to review a little bit of last week's show on how to be a player, in, a seller player in today's market. And then we're going to talk about how to be a buyer player. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to real real estate today to reach deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show please send an email to deb at real real estate today.com that's deb at real real estate today.com now back to this week's program all right welcome back i have to finish the story you don't mind people out there right because i was telling a story over break about my greatest moment this weekend and then I got interrupted and said I had to start the show up again. And I was like, well, no, but I'm in the middle of a story. So, yeah, Karen, can, will you indulge me? Let me finish. Can I finish my story? Yeah. I, I didn't even introduce you. Hey, that other voice you hear today, that's Karen Rastel. If you've never listened to the show before, if you have, you know who the heck she is. Best damn Leonard in the state of Indiana. Uh, totally, to- totally tolerant of my stories. Totally so. Tolerant. tolerant. Okay. Totally tolerant of my stories. So we were driving over to Pittsburgh, okay. and we had the Sirius XM in that car. We're borrowing my mother-in-law's car or whatever to, to go over there. And so um, we're indulging in the Sirius XM, which we don't have. And we have the 80s. Um, we listen to the 80s station. We tried the 90s, and then we're like, oh, no, 80s all the way. So they were doing some countdown or whatever in 1983, which the first 20 songs were no good. But the last 20 were okay. So it got to like song number two or some, maybe it was number one. And it was Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Okay. As we were entering these freaking long tunnels in Pittsburgh where you lose your satellite thing, right? So, So we get, you know, into the tunnel a little bit and the satellite goes out and I'm like, we're not losing it. We're not losing this jam. We're going to keep it going, right? So I started singing along really loudly and yours was just looking at me like I was crazy and when we came out of the tunnel man I was right, right there, there. <laughs> I was so proud of myself I thought you were also going to say too you know when you go through some of those tunnels they light up or they look oh that would have oh, like like disco the Jean uh, yes. video that would have been really I good I was just oh, proud I, I, I was, could have been there I was it was honestly probably one of the highlights of my life so far Wow, I'm sorry. Yours wasn't quite as impressed. I was like, I was right there. And he was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. I was like, come on. That was good. 
Okay, real estate. Hmm. All right, I guess if we have to. So we were going to focus, last week we focused on some strategies and ideas just to talk about being a player in today's market. We were talking about it from the seller perspective um, that, you know, basically you can't just rest on your laurels just because it's a seller's market, that you still need to do the things to prepare your house. You still need to be realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't just, you know leave your toilet seats up and expect your house to sell. You still need to put your toilet seats down, people. Hide your dirty laundry. That's another thing, oh, too. I've seen a lot of dirty laundry lately. Yeah. Um, you need to be ready. You know, you need to think about how you're going to make that transition. Uh, we run into this a lot in today's market where people need to sell a house in order to buy a house. And you're just going to really need to be ready to embrace some discomfort is what I always tell people. <clears throat> that... It's not going to kill you, but you may need to sell your house and find a couch to crash on for a while or put some stuff in storage or, you know, live in a two-bedroom apartment with your six kids for a while um, just to make that transition um, and kind of keep your eye on the prize with that. Um, and, And don't take shortcuts to get ready. Everything that mattered when the market wasn't as strong still matters today. Um, And, you know, it's interesting. There was a realtor who sent an email out this morning and it actually made me have a little sigh of relief because she said she was announcing that a house that she had listed and gotten an offer on immediately was coming back on the market that that deal had fallen through. And I think it may have fallen through for the second time because I swear I saw the same email about a week ago. And it looks like it's a nice house, but buyers are paying top dollar for these homes and they are getting cold feet and they are expecting homes to be in pristine condition even when they're not brand new and she made the comment in the email letting everyone know this house was back on the market and available and that as a reminder to all of us we are seeing a lot of deals fall through and so maybe showing houses that have accepted offers and putting in backup offers and sort of trying to get that mindset um, is a good strategy. And we can talk a little bit more about that from the buyer side. But what was comforting to me was the fact that she's a very good realtor here in town. And she made the comment that she's seen a lot of deals fall apart. And I thought, oh, okay, it's not just me. Uh, you know, we're definitely seeing that. Although I think springtime that happens a lot anyways. Selling a house in April... In the rainy season, I think we talked about that oh, about this we time last did. year. Yes. You never know what's going to happen inside a basement or you know a crawl space yep. after you know an appraiser goes out there or a home inspector goes out there after a rain. Yeah, well, you know, and it's funny too, like things like gutters. Um, people always think about cleaning the gutters in the fall when the leaves have come off, but they don't think about needing to clean them again in the spring when all the rain's getting ready to come in. You know, they think, well, they were clean in the fall, so they're probably still clean, but they probably aren't. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was thinking the same thing. You just cleaned them. <clears throat> yeah, just clean them. It's fine, right? Just clean them. Um, and, uh, you know, but there's leaves that can lose, you know, come off the trees really late in the season. There's uh, squirrels that can get stuck in there. Oh, my gosh. A couple of years ago, I had to go to this. It was a really nice home. It was about five or $600,000 home. And I, my assistant at the time, we walked up to the house. We were getting ready to take pictures. And we look and we're like, 
there's a dead animal like half hanging out of the gutter. It was so horrible. And I was like, is that a rat or a squirrel? Or what? I was like, that's got to go. We had to call the like homeowner because we neither one of us were going to touch it. It was oh disgusting. But anyways, things like that can clog your gutters, okay. which then if your gutters are clogged, or not working properly, your downspouts have gotten disconnected, maybe because of, you know, a snowplow or, you know, who knows what. But those things can then very easily cause water in the crawl space. And water in the crawl space can be a very simple fix. Mm-hmm. But if it's a home buyer, it's usually a $6,000 or $7,000 fix. Not quite as simple. So um, you still need to do all of those things. And you need to get your house in tip-top condition. Uh, one of the things that we talked about last week briefly, I think, was this idea of if it's a very hot market, you might put a note in the listing that you're not going to ex- look at offers for, mm-hmm. you know, until a certain day. Mm-hmm. So we did that with a listing I had last week. I think we talked about that. It did not work. <laughs> it didn't. No, we didn't get any offers. So we just took it out, and we've gone on our merry way, and we're going to do an open house and all that. Um, So, you know, the market wasn't as hot for that kind of house and that kind of, you know, condition sort of thing. And and it's fine, and we'll kind of go on our merry way. But we were – so it doesn't always work that way, but it can be a really good strategy, and I I don't regret doing it. Um, I think it – if nothing else, it just, you know, helps helps us feel confident that we didn't pass up – Right. A good offer. Right. And if I if this is a house I'm thinking of, I mean, they're they're the ones that are wanting to take advantage of of a great market right now. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. So they've got some time. Yep. Yeah, this is not like they need to sell that day. Um so and then we talked a little bit about the definition of value. And I think I need to do a little uh a Deb and PJ segment or Albert or Oliver, one of the dogs. Help me explain value, since I always have my little hand motions that I do with that and the definition of value. But I had this conversation actually with a seller this morning. He has a very, very cool house. It's a tiny house uh, in a little town called Steinsville, which is just right outside of Bloomington, uh, not too far, 10 miles outside. It's, it's a pretty good location. But it's in this little town. Um, it used to be kind of a bustling limestone quarry town, and it's, it, but it's still a town. Kind of, you just sort of happen upon it. It's really kind of cool, and there's a river that runs through it. But this, his house is the old doctor's office, and so it's just got like two rooms in it. Um, but it's been completely restored by a historic preservation group, and then he he bought it, uh, and it's plenty big for one person or really two people who like each other. Um, and it's got a little cellar and it's just a nice little house. I mean, it's like $59,000. I didn't know there was a cellar underneath. Oh yeah. There's a little cellar down Interesting. there. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, through the uh, outside, but you know, it's, it's a little bit bigger, I guess, than a tiny house. Cause I want to say it's about 600 square feet. Mm, that's tiny enough to call it a is. tiny house. I mean, it, but it's got, the nice thing is it's got a full-size washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got full-size stuff in it, basically. Um, but it's super, super cute. Anyways, I was having a conversation with him about it, and we were having that talk about value. Um, because it's really, really difficult. He, You know, he's the kind of seller that I think wants you to tell him exactly what his house is going to sell for. And I just can't do it because that's such a unique property. Mm-hmm. You can't, th- there's like not a lot of history of people who have bought that kind of property. Right. And I said, you know, the, the same old, same old value is determined when a buyer's willing to pay what you're willing to accept. 
So we have half the equation because we have the seller side of that equation, but we don't have the buyer side of that equation. And, you know, so that's when as realtors, we usually go to other similar properties and look at the buyer Mm -hmm. side of the equation, but we don't really have that either. So we have to just kind of keep moving along with the market. I should buy that house just to get, be my little getaway. (laughs) Oh yeah. Just to get away and sign. Pied a terre. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice way for you to bring that back. (laughs) (laughs) You won't tell that story. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the buyer side of things and how to be a player. Uh, If you are a buyer in this market, uh, dealing with sellers who think that their homes don't stink, (laughs) I guess. Um, So I think my preview last week of this episode was buyers number one get your shit together uh yeah yeah i think that holds true any time of year oh man just so i used to say you can sleep on it go home sleep on it tell me what you're thinking about first thing when you wake up in the morning and then you'll know if it's the right house i can't say that anymore now i need to say you know you need to be ready to make an offer as soon as your car door opens in the driveway like before you even go into the house. Uh, so what do you need to do to be ready to make that decision? You know, th- that's a question you need to answer. Some people make it a little more, bit more spontaneously and just kind of trust their gut. Other people need to really study the market um, so that they feel like they're getting a good deal or a good value. Some people uh, need to sell a house. Get your shit together. Sell your house. Um, you need to know what you want. This has been a tough one this year, and it's kind of a moving target, but I've had so many buyers that have said, this is what I want, and then, you know, a week later, they send me a house that they're interested in that's completely, like, doesn't even check one of their boxes, (laughs) and I'm like, I can't keep up, and I feel like I'm... uh, laying down on the job because they're finding the houses, but I'm like, I can't keep up with you. Well, like, if it's not exactly what, if yeah. it's not even checking off one box yeah. that they wanted. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's a little, like the people I showed houses to this afternoon, it was completely different side of town than where they said they wanted to be. And I was like, that's cool. But a lot of people are starting to realize I got to step outside that box. Um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Let's go ahead and go to break. We'll talk about that when we come back a little bit more. We'll talk about... Um, keeping it simple and uh, kind of being forthright and some other ways that you can make your offer really strong to increase your chances of getting accepted in a multiple offer environment. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to RealRealEstateToday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit RealRealEstateToday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. 
The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvin Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, so we're hearing it over and over again that this is a seller's market. So how can you be a player as a buyer in the seller's market? Study the market. Pre-qualify. I think I had this in several different places in this <laughs> because it's just so important. You're just not going to compete, to be honest with you. You are not going to compete. And you're going to have a real hard time getting a realtor's attention to even show you homes if you're not pre-qualified because we know that it's a waste of time showing you homes unless you pre-qualify first. Karen, you have anything to add for that? No. I feel, I feel like we we say that all Every the time. Every freaking episode. All the time. And, and yet we still... It's just very, very important. You know, I haven't heard from somebody in several weeks, and now they are very anxious and want to know if they're, you know, pre-qualified. Because they found a house they love. But I need I need some information from them. I and can, they need to dig it up. Yes. I, so... Yeah. As I say, it's realtor, lender, house, not house, realtor, lender. It's exciting, but get with the right team and and everyone's going to, you know, get through it together. So right before break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, how some of my buyers are going, sending me listings that are completely not what they originally told me they wanted. And I think that's good. I think you need to be willing to expand your parameters Don't rely on those automated searches, whether you set yourself up on an automated search or whether you have your realtor. um, And I know I've talked about this before. I don't use the automated search too much in, um, in my system because it does force you to define a box. And I think in a seller's market, you have to think outside the box sometimes. Um, And, and you need to look at everything, you know, online, look at everything, look at every possibility uh, to find something. So think about that. If you are relying on automated searches, you know, if you know you need three bedrooms and you put that in, there might be a two bedroom house that has a study that could work okay for you. If, you know, 
in that three-bedroom situation, but you might be missing out on that. Or there might be something that's just outside of a certain neighborhood area that you want to be in. Um, but I've had, you know, people do complete 180s, you know, say I have to be on the east side of town, and then they see a beautiful house on the west side of town, and they go, oh, well, I get a lot more for my money on the west side of town or whatever it is, um, and, and be open to that. So, And also find a realtor who is connected can make a huge difference, too. Well, maybe me. <laughs> Some days. Uh, there was a Thursday night. Let's see. Thursday night, I went to see, if you're not from Bloomington, this probably won't matter to you, but we went to see Bobby Knight, who's a former Indiana basketball coach. And you either love him or hate him. I respect him. And uh, But he was fired in this big drama because he doesn't typically, he never comes, he hasn't been back to Bloomington to speak and he came and spoke and whatever. So I'm sitting there, you know, waiting for him to go on stage and there was an email that came out from another realtor that talked about a house she was getting ready to list. And so I immediately, so it, it hasn't been listed, it wasn't going to go on the market until this coming week, um, but I immediately sent that email off to several clients and I went ahead and grabbed a showing time slot before I left town Saturday morning. While you were there listening yeah, to Yeah, oh yeah, I did coach. all that. Yeah, while I was there. Uh, and, and I didn't have a buyer, but I was like, can I show it at 10 o'clock Saturday morning? Because I figured I'd find somebody to show it to because it was a good deal. So I kind of lined up a couple buyers for that time slot and the one canceled. And long story short, I showed it that morning. And that afternoon driving to Pittsburgh, I wrote an offer up on my phone and we got it accepted. Um, and that's something that if you did not have a realtor and you did not have a realtor who was connected, you, they wouldn't have known about that house. And because mm-hmm. of the price point that it was at and the location it was in, it was really kind of one of the only ways to get in there. So um, I have several deals like that going on right right now with things that were not listed. And it's just a matter of networking amongst other realtors. So that really is important as well. Side note, there were a lot of realtors at the Coach Night they were. presentation. By we the were way. surrounded by them. Yes. Yeah. I was there too. <laughs> I only saw one lender, but there were a lot of realtors. Um, okay, don't play around too much as a buyer. Um, so many buyers make an offer thinking that, well, the seller will just counter. And there's a couple of flaws in that thinking. I had one last week, you know, I, there's a long story that goes with this house because it's really not in very good condition. And I honestly felt like my buyer's offer was probably the right price, but it was like $40,000 below list price. But they wanted to do it. My job is to represent them. And so I represent them. And they didn't even respond. So A, the sellers do not have an obligation mm-hmm. to negotiate with you. They just don't have to. If they feel like, and that was sort of the response that I got from the listing agent in this situation, was that, well, you know, the market's crazy. So we know the house is far from perfect, but the market's really crazy. So someone will probably pay what we want. That's fine. It's not going to be my buyers. <laughs> I'm not going to let them because the house is a hot mess. But, but there's no, but my buyers got kind of upset. And, you know, and I know they understand. Right. But still, you kind of say, well, just respond back. Sellers don't have to. They don't have to. Then there's the box that says rejected. There something. is a box, but sometimes Gosh, they that just. That would be horrible. I know. To get and, that. But. And sometimes the realtors don't do that. They just let the offer expire. Oh. But with that being said, go in with a workable 
something that, you know, you think the seller would at least respond to. Respond to. Yeah. Um, the other thing to understand is when you go in with this mindset of, well, we'll make this offer and yeah, they can just counter back and we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll go from there. Is that in a busy market, the seller could potentially get another offer. The longer that you stretch out negotiations going, well, they can just counter back. It'll be fine. And they're going to give you as much time as possible to respond back. They're not in necessarily a hurry if they Mm -hmm. think they're getting another offer in because they want a multiple offer. Pit two sides to the death against each other and drive that price up. So if you get into that situation, you're either going to pay way more than you had to or you're just going to lose out because you don't have uh, a chance to revise your offer. So here's another thing. Sellers don't have to give you a chance to make your highest and best offer if there are multiple offers. And uh, that's something a lot of people don't understand. I actually had someone very upset with me once, talked to my broker on Christmas Day of all days, because we had two offers on my listing on Christmas Eve, and one of them was like list price, and one of them was like $40,000 below list price. It's not even worth asking for highest and best, in our opinion, at that point, Mm -hmm. because you're not going to get the $40,000 people to come up (laughs) $40,000. And it was Christmas Eve, and my sellers just wanted to get it done. They were very happy with the full price offer that they had in hand, so they just accepted it. And the buyer with the $40,000 below list price Mm -hmm. was up in arms said I was violating all kinds of ethical rules and license law because I didn't ask for highest and best. Okay, A, I do what my sellers tell me to do, but B, there is no rule that says you have to ask mm-hmm. for highest and best. Um, and that's really important to understand too. That So really putting your best foot forward and not playing around too much is the best, uh, best scenario there. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about KISS, Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yes. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Um, and the, again, that's so, so important when you are uh, in a seller's market. Keeping your offer clean and simple goes a really long way. Um, not asking for extra stuff that isn't included. Not asking for an abnormally long closing date or asking for something funky like possession before closing. Those are all things that kind of weaken your offer. Um, and, you know, if it boils down to same price, but... Somebody wants a washer and dryer and somebody doesn't want the washer and dryer and you weren't intending on including the washer and dryer, you know, the washer and dryer could kill the deal. Um, Along with that, remember that those little things that you are asking for, also they add up to the seller's bottom line. I'm always uh, trying to explain to people about seller paid closing costs Mm -hmm. because it's hard to think about it from the seller perspective Say that's not free, buyer. If you're if you're a buyer and you're asking for three thousand dollars in seller paid closing costs, that's not free money to you. That's costing the seller three thousand um, dollars. If you ask for a home warranty, like say you offer a list price on a house, but you want the seller to to give you a home warranty, that offer's not list price anymore. Mm-hmm. It's list price minus. $500 or whatever the right. home warranty costs. So you need to, to think about that. Think about the seller's bottom line when you're making uh, those kinds of um, offers. Because I think people, I don't know, do you ever get that? That people think that the, the closing costs are kind of free? <laughs> I do. And then they say, well, I thought that it, by asking for 
let's say 3000 like you just said, would have covered it. Well, yes, that's our best guess. But when they're shopping for homeowner's insurance and everything else, um, you know, those fees could come in a lot higher. And so you may have to bring some more money than what you had anticipated. So that's always, um, I try to work better and better at, at each transaction to try to explain that to somebody because like you said a lot of people hope to come in with oh seller's paying everything and I'm golden right I did my earnest money I'm out of pocket my uh, home inspection but other than that that should be it and that's not always the case well you guys have these worksheets that you give out and it's good information but it can be a little overwhelming for a mm-hmm. uh, a buyer who hasn't done that before. So maybe I'll have to loan you PJ and you can do a little video, you <laughs> yeah. and PJ, and how the uh, closing cost worksheet works. We could try that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> We're a train wreck. You know, whatever. That's fine. Um, some other ways to make your offer really strong or stand out would be good earnest money. You know, the, the earnest money we talk about is just a, an amount you put down to show the seller that you're serious, and that goes towards your down payment. Uh, at closing so it's not money that's lost but it just kind of holds it and if you just disappeared off the face of the earth the seller gets to keep your earnest money well if it's three three hundred dollars or it's three thousand dollars which one's stronger the three thousand dollars because you might walk away from three hundred dollars if better house came on the market but you might think twice about it for three thousand dollars um so you know and sometimes it'll even be ten thousand dollars um so having a good, strong, earnest money makes a big difference. Being flexible, the the deal we did over the weekend, the, the house that wasn't listed, um, we did kind of say, you know, we can do up to 60 days closing. It's up to you. You tell us when you want to close. And they, you know, worked out, the seller worked because they're buying another house and they have a baby and all that. And we were like, we can be flexible. That's fine. And so I think that really helped our situation too. Tightening up timelines, like inspection timelines and how long it takes to get the uh, homeowner's insurance lined up and things like that can make uh, an offer much stronger. None of that really costs you money. It's just showing that you're sincere about the house. Um, and and making make promises to the seller, but don't make promises you can't keep. So don't say, you will buy it as is. I've seen that a few times and I've used that a few times too that you use, uh, you know, look, I want this house so badly that I won't ask you. I'll do an inspection, but I won't ask you for anything. And That's fine, do. but you need to be legit about, you know, <laughs> you need to, yeah. Or don't say that you'll close in three weeks. I've seen some, and this is probably the realtors more than the buyers, say, you know, yeah, we'll close it in three weeks and then, yeah, it's not enough time to get the loan done. Um, but they say it up front and you get excited about it and then they just figure well at the end we'll be so close to closing that if you get delayed a week whatever um so you know this isn't a game i i sound like bobby knight when i say this bobby knight was famous for cursing <laughs> so <laughs> this isn't a game of assholes it's not a game of who can be the bigger ass or who can be the bigger bully you know it really is a game of creating win-win situations for both sides and i think if you go into the, into it like that as the buyer, you're going to present yourself in a much more positive manner and a, in a, um, a non-aggressive manner that's, I think, appealing to most sellers, unless mm-hmm. seller's an asshole. There you go. All right. We've got one more thing to talk about when we come back from our last break. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Second Wind Success, hosted by Gene Garino, is all about helping boomers catch their second wind in business and life. Most of us achieve our greatest success after the age of 50. Life has a learning curve with a few stumbling blocks along the way. As long as you stay committed to your vision and adapt along the way, you'll find the success you're looking for. Tune in to Second Wind Success every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you a pet parent? If so, you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend. With a ton of apps, websites, tech toys, and more, you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures and the duds. For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front, so you'll be better informed. Tune in Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. We're going to go straight into our topic and not revisit what was we were chatting about over the break. Um, so we're talking about how to be a player in today's market if you are a buyer. Uh, it's very, very competitive out there. It's dog eat dog world, some might say. So how do you uh, how do you win out? Um, you know, I, I'm having buyers writing three, four offers before they get something. It's it's yeah. Um, and I'm sure in some markets that's normal. In our market, it's not normal. So uh, it's been an interesting year trying to figure out how to navigate it. Um, but, but it's also like as a buyer, I would be so depressed. I would think, okay, maybe this will be the one that yeah. we actually get and then nothing. But yeah, Most people are pretty philosophical about it. I did get an email this morning from a client that we've been working with for a while. They had written several offers on places and not gotten them. And they've been going over list price and still not getting them. And they said uh, that they're um, moving to another. They were getting married and they were in two separate locations. And they have now decided to go to the other location. location. Okay. And, uh, and I, I'm sure they said it didn't have anything to do with the market, but part of me is kind of like, I wonder if it did because it's a much slower market up there. So um, it's tough. But uh, have you ever seen an escalation clause in an offer? No. I feel like we might start seeing some more of those. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Some markets are very common. Is it already like pre-baked into the Indiana form? We have a or? separate form that's an addendum uh, to the purchase agreement where you can do an escalation clause. Okay. And basically, it's a situation where if you know you're in a multiple offer, 
situation where you would make an offer. I'm going to just make up numbers here. So say, okay, I'm going to offer $200,000 on this house. However, my escalation clause is going to say, I will pay $2,000 more or $1,000 more than your highest offer up to a cap. Okay. So you would cap it. Like say, I'm going to cap it at 225. I'm offering you 200. If you don't have any offers over 200, I'm going to pay you 200 if you take my offer. But if you got an offer from someone else for 205, I will match that and beat it by $2,000. And I'm sure you're going to talk about this, but I've never heard of this. Oh, yeah. I don't know like how often this happens. Yeah. And okay. Like I said, in some markets, it's done a lot more than others. I have, um, I got one last year. Um, on a house I listed that we had seven offers on, and there was a escal- an escalation clause in the offer that went out. And, in fact, they didn't need it okay. because their offer was the highest. Um, and then I did one with a client earlier this year, and I kind of flustered the uh, listing agent. She goes, I don't know what to do with this. And I was <laughs> like, okay, well, we'll you know, try to educate each other. Um, and, basically, we didn't need it there either. But it does show the the seller that, you know, you're interested. And in, because the buyer's fear is you don't want to put, I guess, leave money on the table or you don't want to put too much money out there. You know what right. I'm saying? You don't want to pay more than you have to. That was but you're willing to pay as much as you need to. That's what I was going to say is, does that show, if I'm the buyer, am I showing, look, in that example, I'd be willing to pay up to this if you receive that many offers. Yeah. I don't know if that just kind of puts me out there as, a, oh, she really, really wants this home, and and let's just, yeah, okay. And, you know, I mean, it can kind of, I, I don't know, I haven't seen it really backfire because, you know, in all honesty, Despite what everyone says, most of the people in the real estate world are pretty honest people. I mean, could I go get someone to write a fake offer up and drive that price up? You know, I mean, I guess I could, but you're going to have my license if I do, right? (laughs) So, um, you know, you really should only use an escalation clause if you're specifically told that you're going against multiple offers. So that's something to, you know, just know about. Um, and uh, it's easy to feel like um, someone might swoop in and outbid you, but you just need to make sure it's actually a possibility. Um, otherwise, you're going to put yourself in a really awkward situation. Um, are escalation clauses common in your market? That's another question that you need to ask. Like I said before, um, I think in some markets, they're kind of frowned on, but I those markets are. So you need to. I think it's great though that you're you're talking about this because I would not have. I don't know if we as a lender would even see this. And like you're saying that the um, that the other agent was like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. So it must not be hearing, you know, or people must not be like utilizing this as much or forgot about it from when they went through their classes or or research. Right. Um, and I actually think that the escalation clause form that we have in our system is fairly new. So it is something that's kind of just recently come up. Um, how much more should you pay than your competitors in, uh, in some markets? You just need to kind of find out what is done. I mean, you know, in our market, it's usually like $500, $1,000. It's not $5,000 more. I'm sure that depends on the price point of the house. But, um, you know, you also aren't going to get um you know if you're if you're trying to sell a house that's contingent or buy a house that's contingent on the sale of another home 
you know, I, I don't know that an escalation clause is necessarily going to help you. It might. I mean, we kind of did that a couple weeks ago with the one buyer. I mean, we kind of offered more than we thought anybody else would offer for him to take our contingent offer. Um, are you really wanting to go that high? Uh, you know, just make sure about that. Don't get caught up uh, in the excitement. It's like an online auction. You don't want to have a buyer's remorse on that. Um, another thing to think about is making sure you ask for proof. And I know in our form that it says in here that you have to provide uh, a copy of the offer that you receive. And you can like... Oh, if you if they say, okay, you know, you, you we have to go to this escalation clause you offered. You said that you'd pay up to X amount and now they have to provide you the other offer yeah. to show you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that way you know that it's legit. So that's, that's an important part of it. Um, yeah. The seller will provide sufficient documentation. So whatever that is. And you have to, but you know, for me, it's, I hear that in an underwriter oh, sufficient voice. documentation. Yeah, sufficient documentation. documentation. The other thing is you need to think about how all of this is going to impact the appraisal. Mm-hmm. Um, appraisals still matter. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't, if you're getting a loan on a property and it's worth 200000 you might have the money to pay 500 but it's not going to appraise. You're going to be up a creek. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind, too, because that certainly is an issue. And the other point I want to make right at the end, just in general, so that's a little bit about the escalation clause, and we can talk more about that on another show. It's kind of interesting. We'll see how that takes off. Um, But I also wanted to mention that the kind of financing and where you get your financing from can make a big difference, too. And I just want to kind of leave that. Um, I had a multiple offer situation late last year, and it really boiled down to same price, local lender versus a not a local lender and the seller went with the local lender um, and uh, you know FHA financing which has a few more hoops to jump through or conventional financing actually I think we ended up going FHA local lender over <laughs> conventional financing non-local lender so having a local lender was more important so those are some things to think about uh, we're going to try and do some of these on our little videos Deb and PJ Albert Oliver should be good stuff have to come over and play with the puppies. Thank you so much for tuning in today and uh, sticking with us. And uh, be sure to go to iTunes. You can download any of these episodes and drive back and forth to Pittsburgh uh, 17 times uh, listening to them, as I have been doing. So we will be back next week with another great show. I don't know what it's about. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Hopefully some more information on trading spaces. We'll keep calling the interweb for anything about that. Thank you, Karen, for joining me. And we will be back next week. Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb, tomorrow for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets. 